This Connected is where we talk about experiences, point of views about faith, life, and whatever comes along the way. It's honest talk to connect generations and situations to not necessarily agree, but definitely be listened to. I'm Catholic.Dad. Thank you for listening, and I pray this connected. So this episode is on redeeming our vision. I have with me today is my co-host, one of the moms from our youth ministry, Carla. Carla Osio has four children, and I included her in this episode because I think it's important to hear from a mom's version, um, perspective with regards to this. But here in this podcast, we have a special, special guest, um, Steve Picorni from Redeemed Vision. I met him. Actually, I have never physically met him. I met him on Instagram. He reached out, and I said, wow, what a great idea to do a podcast on this, on pornography. You know, we are all talking about pandemic that that is that is concerning our society today. I mean, we have the stay home. And in the stay home portion of our life, the actual pandemic that's been actually just reaching all of us, our young people, our older people, you know, us personally, is pornography. I want to welcome to the podcast, this, this Connected Podcast, Steve Picorni. Welcome, Steve, and welcome, Carla. Thank you. Thank you so much, Arnell. It's a great, great opportunity to be here. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Steve, so that you know our our listeners out there understand what who sure. you are and what you do. Sure. So I uh, I grew up with a mom, dad, uh, brother. I didn't have a dog. I have a dog now. The dog's stupid, but all, <laughs> so all right with the world. Um, all that changed um, when my my father wanted to get rich quick, and so he wanted to bat our house in the stock market. My mom said no. My dad said, I'm going to do it anyway. And so he forged her signature and the deal lost. And he thought the best way to provide for our family would be by killing himself. And so um, I grew up pretty much without a father. I know it, that epi- that epidemic, We've, as you introduced the podcast today, talking about epidemics. Well, an epidemic of fatherhood is what we're living in. And I know that intimately. Um, so I grew up pretty much hating myself and, and uh, very negative self-value, self-worth of my, uh, just who I am. Fast forward to when I was 17, doctors discovered my dad was uh, losing a lot of weight. They ran some tests and develop, he developed brain and lung cancer and didn't have much time. He got moved to a hospice. I went in to see him and I was just real with him. And I said, dad, you left us. You abandoned mom. You weren't there for Brian. You should have been there. And for a brief moment, because most of my life, my dad had been in the nursing home, didn't spend much time with him. It was very uncomfortable around him, but his eyes kind of cleared up and he said, I know. And that was his experience of saying, I'm sorry. And three weeks later, less than three feet away, I lost my father for the first time, for the second time, I should say. And, um, and it was also the time I really started forgiving my father, right? Mm-hmm. Well, in between that whole time, right, when I was five and when I was 17, uh, seventh grade came along, infamous year I got busted for shoplifting. It was also the year in which I was introduced to pornography for the first time. This is before the internet hit, right? And most people of an older generation, I guess I'm 40 now, so I'm part of the older generation. We're the old folks on this. You are so <laughs> um, Talking right now. <laughs> and uh, remember, <laughs> yes, I am. You're welcome. You'll be there soon, whippersnapper. <laughs> so um, there is a, um, remember, like those people who, who experienced pornography, it was the brown bag. It was go, you got to go to a drugstore. You got, there's a, the inherent nervousness of doing that. Then internet hits, right? Internet hits. I get hooked in this stuff. And I was hooked, long story short, 
for about 12 years into this. I like to say 12 years, uh, 12 years a slave. Um, from that, God sets me free. There's a huge healing there, and um, and then through that through that healing, discovering a few years later, everything that I went through can be turned into a process to break this attraction permanently in others. Okay. So the work that I do is called, I'm the founder of Freedom Coaching or freedom-coaching.net, where I work with both men and women to break this attraction permanently so that they can live the life God calls them to live. Wow. And that's a snapshot. Wow, that's amazing. You know what? And, and working in ministry, this is something that is kind of like the untalked about topic. This is the topic that is so uncomfortable with parents, so uncomfortable with teens, so uncomfortable with youth ministers, and so uncomfortable with priests, we don't talk about it. And it ails a lot of us. You know, you talked about you talked about your father wasn't there the first time, the second time he passed. And and it is, it's true. It was true with me. My father died when I was eight. And and I think in longing for someone to teach you how to be a true man, we kind of get stuck with that version of pornography and, and over-sexualization of, of what we're supposed to be. So so you got into that that way. Why, why is it that you feel that, that this is such an epidemic in our society? I like to use the analogy. Great question. I like to use the analogy of the septic tank. Um, if anybody knows what a septic tank is, right, um, it's after yes. you use the restroom, right? The, the waste there. We are, in essence, swimming in a septic tank. Okay? Not just the stuff we see online. It's the movies, television shows, the magazines as we check out at our supermarket. It's all over the place. And let's use, let's connect that and, and well, connect that with the notion of this whole coronavirus thing, right? All with, there's so many new analogies that are just kind of flowing out of me right now with, with this coronavirus. Um, you have what, when, when this thing was just beginning to blow up, you had one of the cruise ships, right? And one of the major internet providers was giving, uh, giving quote unquote free premium access to their site. And then there was, a, and now in Italy, right? Currently, the whole is whole whole um, country is locked down right now, given free access to, access to premium content from major internet uh, major pornography website. So wow. it's either you're going to get the, or I mean, from a lot of people's perspective, shall we say, it's either you're going to get the the coronavirus or you're going to get the virus of pornography and what yeah. pornography does to us in, in a nutshell, it steals our joy. It takes away our capacity for intimacy with others. What we want most is intimacy with others into me see the four deepest desires of the human heart are to see and be seen to love and be loved by another's loving gaze. It steals our ability. It, it's stealing on the female, especially perspective. It's stealing a woman's beauty. Those who use pornography, especially men, are stealing their thieves. They're stealing the, the beauty and the dignity of another person to a degree, right? That dignity can never be taken away fully because they have an inherent value and, and dignity and worth. But we're trying to do that. And it also is if we're trying to bring this into um, a marriage, right? A man who has been programmed by these images is told basically that – um, it's all about me. It's self-serving. And if we can use an analogy, right? Men are like, um, are like microwaves. Women are like crockpots in regarding to getting interest and in entering into um, sexual intimacy. 
You try to bring that into a bedroom setting in a marriage, you're looking for disaster. This is why from a 2003 study of divorce lawyers, okay, they, they said 56% of them, of their cases, pornography had a major contributing factor to that. This is well before the iPhone. iPhone came out in 2007, four years later. And so most people now have cell phones. Most people are using this in their bedroom, not pornography, but their cell phones. And so the likelihood you have this, and then you bring in that now, right now, most of us are quarantined or, or stay at home ordered. Um, you have the loneliness epidemic. You have unhealthy relationships to start with. I've got nothing better to do. Everything's going online. And so we're finding that we're being trapped in this. And so we're creating a whole host of even bigger and bigger problems. Wow, that's, that is so true. Carla, as a mom, a mom of four, a mom of a high schooler, a middle schooler, and elementary school students, what questions do you have of Steve with regards to this? I mean, you're the one who brought this up to me with regards to the issues of pornography and the fear that parents have. What do you have to say to Steve with regards to your questions? Well, um, you know, there's just so, so many things and so many um, things that come, that come to mind. And um, for one, I, I mean, I, I'm trying to like, one of the things that I struggle with a lot is deciding whether, because, you know, I have my two boys, they're the oldest. And um, like, how can I keep them safe? And then again, give them the liberty of having a cell phone with you know internet access and all these things so for for a good time i was um struggling whether to put um you know they have different apps to track what they're doing and all these things um because then again i had somebody else saying you know they have to make that choice on their own they have to um uh be able to tell the difference but i'm like they are just kids. Um, so one of the things I, I think of the big, the big question from all parents is, is it okay to, you know, and I've heard it, and I've seen it in many uh, comments to, they, they call it spy on our kids through the phone. I don't call it spying, but that's what a lot of people are calling it. You know, put in an app in their phones or to track everything that they're doing pretty much and then approach it for them. Is that, I mean, would you consider that fine? Okay, lots to unpack here. Carla, and um, it's wonderful to meet you. Um, how old are your, are your, are your kids? They uh, have 15, 13-year-old, uh, 10, and 7. Okay, good. So let's, let's work with principles first. Okay, so you've got three kids here. I have a, I have a nine and seven-year-old daughters. My wife and I, we've been married almost 11 years. Um, so instantly, instantly, you know, we're talking about this because the average age of exposure to pornography is anywhere between eight and 11 years of age. Okay. Um, and I've known of a, of a, of a six-year-old who was in counseling for, for dealing with a pornography compulsion. Okay. So this is serious. The first thing, so let's, let's first deal with, pro, um, principles on this, and then we can get down to some, some techniques, strategies, and, and tactics, like we'd say in the military. Um, first off, any parent, you're not called to be their friend. 
I'm, I know this may, might crush the uh, psychology, the current psychology, pop psychology. Um, we're not called to be friends to our parents, uh, to our kids, right? Um, if, if parents out there, if you're, you're listening to this, if you hear the phrase coming from your, your kids, I hate you, um, sometimes wear that as a badge of honor, right? Um, that, that sometimes comes out there, right? Obviously, there may, we might want to have a conversation about why they're saying that, okay? So first is we're not their friend, right? We are their, we're their, in our job is not to raise good, good, just good human beings. Our job is to raise saints. As I know, this is one of the themes of this podcast, right? If we're going to be a saint, what does that mean? It means to be the best version of ourselves that God has called us to be, right? And right now, right, and I'm going to use the language of uh, Ray, um, Ray Gurendi, right? Dr. Ray Gurendi very famous uh, talk show host and Catholic psychologist, right? Um, if you, how many of our kids, how many of, how many of, our, if you want your kids to just be like everyone else, then the, the best thing you can do is lower your standard, okay? But nobody says when my kid is 21, I hope they're just like everyone else. Or when they're 35 or 50, I hope they're just like everyone else. No, we want them to thrive. We want my honor kid to kick the other honor kid's butts, okay? Metaphorically. Right. So part of that uh, that work there is we have to be radically aware of what we're doing. So I would say the younger we go, the more we are, uh, we are going to be radically hawking on that. So we got shut down in our house like I, they do not. We got passcodes on everything. There's not open filter. I don't have TV and we have, we have a TV for movies, but um, they, they have to come to us every time they want to watch them. And we know what they are watching. The internet, like we're always on them and very well aware. A cell phone, what a cell phone is, this would be principle number two, is giving a kid a cell phone without proper education about themselves, about who other people are, and the technology itself is like giving a gun to them and saying, go off and hunt a bear, okay? First, they're going to get mauled by the bear. Second, they're probably going to end up shooting themselves or someone else Dick Cheney style. Okay, so we don't want to do that. Okay, so we have to educate them first about what does it mean to be human. This is the primary education. And that's why St. John Paul, the great theology of the body, this is the lens in which we need to see the gospel, not a new gospel, but it's an incarnation of the gospel. What does it mean to be human? And directly connected to that is what does it mean to love, right? And four, very quickly, of what love is, love must be four elements, free, total, faithful, and fruitful, right? You can't put a gun to a girl's head. Yeah, I'm kind of violent in this podcast, uh, Arnell. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's okay. It's a <laughs> violent world You can't world put a gun there. to a girl's head. You would... <laughs> <laughs> well, we're trying to fight uh, violence with the violence of love, shall we say, right? right. Um, as um, Archbishop Romero, St. Romero would say. So within this here is, uh, you know, um, you, can't, you can't force someone to love. They, no one wants to be forced to love. It must be freely given and freely received. It must be a total gift of self, right? I have to love everything about them, body and soul. I have to love them faithfully, right, forever. I'm committed to their good for the rest of their life and into eternity. And fourth, that, that I love them fruitfully. I want more than just their name or what, what feelings I have. I want something to grow in our relationship. So love must be free, total, faithful, fruitful. And, and the, another, another word for that is gift. And it's teaching our children about how to make a gift of ourselves. And this is connected to what we're doing person to person, which right now in quarantine is 
just in our family, teaching them to do this. This is a beautiful opportunity. God's calling his, his, his Israelites home, right, shall we say, or from the census. We're all being called home. And ironic, a census of the U.S. is happening right now. It's very interesting. He's calling us home, just like the uh, you know time of the Holy Family, having to go to their, go to their um, home time, go to be with their, their tribe. And so we have to deal with the stuff in home, how to be a gift. And then that communication needs to go into going online. So this language of love, fourfold definition, is asking the question, is what I'm doing an act of love or is it not? So let's connect that with pornography itself, right? Is per- pornography fails on freedom. It's, it enslaves people. Just take the neurological work of um, dopamine, norepinephrine, estrogen, um, testosterone. Those different ones entrap us, especially on the dopamine. It makes us not free. And then the other side, the people who are in those images are, um, we don't know if they're trafficked. There's an advocacy group known as THORN that says 50%, at least 50% of those who are trafficked are forced into pornographic images, pornographic videos. We don't know if that's happening. So there's no freedom. There's no way we're giving ourselves totally to those when we're seeing pornography, right? Um, Try to give yourself completely to your computer or your cell phone. Well, Mm -hmm. it's a good way to get electrocuted. Third way is going to be that of freedom, right? Um, we're, we're, it, it inspires us to slavery. We're not uh, sorry. It's faithful, right? There's no there's no real fidelity there. We're trying to seek out an image, what it makes me feel good for the three or four seconds, and then discard them. No human being wants to be discarded. And then fourth, fruitful. There's no bigger relationship that's happening there, right? There's no fruit that's coming from it. Obviously, no life is being created from there, right? So we, as a human being, need to first understand what this language of love is, connect this to pornography, then, then teach them how we're to use technology well. The way in which we treat people in person needs to be the same way we're, we're using technology, whatever that is, whether it's Snapchat or um, Instagram or any TikTok, right? Or, or any, or for us old people, Facebook, right? Um, all of these technologies. So with, so is it, is it a bad thing for you as a mom, Carla, to want to use, you got to say that, right? Um, is it bad to, to know exactly what your kids are doing, to know exactly what their passwords are, to know what their kids are, what their own kids are posting, what others are posting around them? Absolutely not. We have to know what they are doing because especially the pornography industry, this stuff is coming after you. You have to be a hawk. You will, you will be, quote unquote, hated by your kids when they're 16, but when they're 21, 24, right, and we've mm-hmm. taught them well about how to love and serve people well, they're going to be a good person to be around when they get out of college. People are going to want to be around them because they're respectful. So many of the other people are not because they've been formed in a culture of using, and 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 this is the this is the exact opposite of what love is. So that would be the second principle: is you've got to monitor, got to educate them about what it means to be human, and bring that education into any technological use. The third third um, principle I would give you is forget this strategy and technique. Everyone listen to this, and Carla, I would invite you to, to go check this out. It's an article that I get, actually came out in 2013, but it still is unrivaled from what I've seen. Uh, Google, mom gives son 18-point iPhone contract. Okay? The son turned, I think he was turning 13, was given an iPhone, um, iPhone what, 
four, <laughs> we're like, oh my gosh, it's so slow, right? An <laughs> iPhone on Christmas and a 15-point contract was on it. Very practical stuff. And talking about what are some of those principles. It's off the top of my head, right? At 9 p.m. every day, you're going to give me my phone. There should not be a phone or computer or anything in the bedrooms, especially because these are, our brains don't fully develop until our mid-20s, right? Especially with when we get a, a message, right? So, uh, like uh, the dopamine receptors, when we get it, for instance, Instagram, right? Notification, what's that? Oh, what's that? What's that? What's that? That hooks us. And what it probes us to say is what's happening on the cell phone here is more important than what's going on in real life. And so they also need time. They've done studies on this, especially for young girls and, and teenage girls and probably older, older women. Um, that there's so much pressure. Think about the pornify culture, right? What is educating a woman about? We have men are now, I've, I assume you would agree with this. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Those images that we see, billboards, magazines, they certainly affect us as men because of we're, we're, we have been programmed to see visually. I would have an argument with people about whether men are simply visual. We're not. Men and women are visual, but women have 40% more corpus callosum connecting the brains, the right and left hand brains. So they're able to be much more connected. We as men, we have something, a great gift called the nothing. <laughs> My internet's unstable. It's coming. We as men have a great gift called the nothing box, where we can go into our nothing box and stay there all day and it drives women crazy, right? So that connectedness, women are it's able to take more visuals and connect it. So what's the point here we're driving, right? Is is men and women, I mean, um, especially we need to make sure that having for young ladies and for young, young, young boys and, and, and young men is turn the cell phone off at about 9 p.m. They don't need to have in their phone. There should be a box or even I would lock it up, right? Lock those things up. If your kids are struggling, if they have shown signs of being untrustworthy, that need locked up, that this is just how we're doing this in our family. Also, in when they're around real people, right? Cell phones go off the table. They've done studies on this that the cell phone is even on the table. They're not using it, but it's on the table. It cuts intimacy down by at least 50%. They're not really connecting, they're not really communicating. We need to reestablish the art of conversation. And I think it's the beauty of podcasts because we have the ability to talk through things. And then the other last thing, well, again, amongst the 18, that the big thing is talking about is. Pornography is a no-no. Any of that stuff will harm you, will hurt you, and goes into the fact of like sexting. You never, don't ever reveal a part of your body that others aren't going to be able to see you appropriately, right? It's kind of long-winded what I get. Those are the three big things overarching in the, in the, the conversation. Those are, those are just such great things that you just shared. Um, you know, I walk with, with uh, a few of, of the young men in our church, and they do. It, it is a struggle. It's something that they talk about. You know, it's, we, they call themselves Estovir Sancti Maria Sancti, uh, and 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 they're striving, as you said, they're striving mm -hmm. to be what men should be for the women in our lives. And and you know what what I hear from them is that struggle is that as they're trying to live a holy life, everyone else around them is ridiculing them or looking at them as as weird. You're that weird guy who doesn't cuss. You're that weird guy who doesn't look at porn. Where society has taken it as the normal is pornography, 
and the abnormal is someone who's trying to live out chastity and love. So what do you have to say with regards to those young men who are struggling to be pure and living in a society that is so, so impure? This is the society that our young men, our young women are growing up in. You know, what words can you tell them to kind of lift them up and say, hey, you know what, you're, you're, you're good. I mean, what, what can they do? You know, as, as part of being coached by you, what, what could you say to them to, to affirm them? Okay, so let's, let's bring out some principles here again. Okay, So if the president of the states during his campaign used the term uh, make America great again, we need to, as Catholics, have the campaign of make Catholicism weird again. Okay, <laughs> Because weird in the sense of when we go out into public, we do the sign of the cross when we go to pray. When we are out with, uh, I don't know, out with our, give a good example. They're, they're cussing. I'm just not going to. I want to make it curious enough. Weird means curious. That's the term, the, the definition I'm using here. So that people are, are so interested, like, why, uh, why are you doing this? That would be the first thing, right? And that's what the saints do. The saints are those who are, help people to be so curious about the way they're living life based primarily not on being socially awkward, but because of love. Because I'm so enamored with wanting the best, not just for myself, but for others, this is very curious. Second principle, I would say, is um, the world is passing away, as St. Paul has said, right? The things that are offered here, that are given out here, don't satisfy. And so the, the key thing is, there's a book that I sometimes use with clients, and it's called – there's a video that I share uh, – a book that I share with clients, and it's called You Are Special by Max Lucado, okay? evangelical pastor. And the whole story, very briefly, is there's a young, young Wemmick. That's a, a group of people uh, known as Puccinello, right? and the whole society is getting stars and dots. Stars for good, dots if you're not. And – the uh, he finally meets a young lady that has no stars or dots on her at all. He had been getting given lots of dots because he was really, really um, just awkward and not good at things like most people in society. Well, he finds out her, her secret is to go visit the wood maker. He's made of wood. Everybody in this, this town is made of wood, and the wood maker is named Eli. And in this, he finally gets the courage. He realizes this young lady goes to Eli every day. So he gets the courage to go visit Eli himself. And in that visit, finds out that Eli knows his name. He knows him intimately. And he says – Eli basically says, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It's a matter of what do I think. What do I think? And as he's walking out the end of the story – yeah, I'm ruining it for you all, y'all. But I encourage you to go read it. Go watch it. It's really good. As he's leaving that place, he finds out – he finds out that one of the dots begins to fall off him. So what's the point of the story? I say to you, my young, my young brothers and sisters who may, hear this, who may hear this podcast, right? your goal is every day go to Eli. Hear the voice of your father. If you have never heard the voice of your heavenly father as one as speaking your name, you need to beg him for this. There are gifts he wants to give to you. That he, as a good father, will not give unless he, unless you ask for them. 
he wants you to hear him saying your name. His name implies relationship. And we are called into deep relationship with the Father through the Son in the power of the Holy Spirit. And knowing that name changes everything. Because then, when all the world is losing its mind, and right now the world has been losing its mind, I believe that this virus is actually a gift from God to slow us down, to take perspective on what is most important, to take inventory again, right? And this is our opportunity. And so every day, set your alarm for 15 minutes. And this is for some people who haven't really done this, kill them. And it's go into Eli time. That's what I like to call this. Okay. This means 15 minutes where you're going to sit there and simply listen. And I'm in three prayers that I encourage people to start with as they're beginning this journey. Because maybe, you know, we know the Our Father, Hail Mary, the Glory Be, mm-hmm. all very important um, prayers. We need to know that. Pray the rosary. Good prayers. But if, if, our, if we're simply saying prayers and not getting to the heart of Jesus Christ, who leads us to the heart of the Father, we're missing the point. So what are those three prayers? Real simple. Number one, God of desire, my desire is for you. He is the God of desire, and he's planted desires in us. And in coming to know the Father, what happens is he'll begin to align our desires with his desires. The false desires, all the all the pornified images, all the things that are trying to get us to steal our joy will be to lose their power over us. Second is, Lord Jesus, fill me with your love. We want love more than anything. And if you picture your image yourself as a, a vessel to be filled up with his love. So many young people who get into sex, drugs, rock and roll, all the, all the real things, right? Not living out their body as a gift. Is because they don't know that they are loved, right? The skyrocketing rates of drug abuse that are going on right now and, and drug deaths have its root from the brokenness of the family. They've never received it from their father and mother, and they need to come first and foremost to know intimately their father in heaven and that he knows them. So that would be the second prayer. Uh, Lord Jesus, fill me with your love. Third prayer, Lord Jesus, deal to me who I am to share this love with today. So in this here, we've been filled up by love. Now, what do we do? Well, then we ask, how can I go and make this gift self? Who needs to receive this love? And because you're quarantined, guess what? <laughs> My young brothers and sisters, all you got to do is open your ears, listen in your household. Who needs this love now? Who do I need to go and share this with? And then start doing that now. And what that will do is start to form them so that when they get out into the world, it doesn't matter what anybody says. If they heap praise, like you're really good at that, or you're terrible at that, it doesn't matter. What does my Heavenly Father think? And then from that, this is, this, especially for a young man, this is confidence. The, one, the number one thing that's attractive for a woman to a man is confidence. Same thing, I would argue, is for a woman, a woman to a man. Or a man to a woman, a man who sees a woman confident in herself, in her true femininity, not the lies of femininity that you have to have certain body parts uh, accentuated or you have to dress a certain way or whatever. Simply being who God has called you to be, um, it, it will make a huge difference. And the only way you do that is this habitual action of entering into what I call Eli time, and it will change your life forever. And, and then by extent, extent others. Thank you for that, Stephen. Stephen, can you repeat the first one, God of my desire, what? Because you broke up a little bit there. 
Thank you. Thank you. Sorry. Welcome to Internet. We're all dealing with this now. God of desire, my desire is for you. He is the God of desire who wants to give you his desires, which is the fulfillment of any of these little desires here. It's not about running from our desires, but having them purified, transformed, so we can live in top, our topic of conversation, sexual integrity, directing those desires toward love, and that is incredibly attractive. Thank you for that. This is all amazing stuff. And so, Steve... <laughs> Tell us a little bit more of how to connect. Oh, go ahead, Carla. No, I was just going to ask one more time to repeat, just, you know, like the basic of the three uh, prayers, just, you know, not into full details, but just, you know, like the first you say, God of desire. And just like that, just so that we, um, um, I don't know, keep on reflecting on it. Yep. Here you go. God of desire. My desire is for you. Second one, Lord Jesus, fill me with your love. Third, Lord Jesus, reveal to me who I am to share this love with today. And then a, one thing that would go along with that is you'll notice each of those prayers kind of easily breaks up. Do it on a breath. Treat it as a mantra. Pray it slowly on a breath like God of desire. Inhale. My desire is for you. Exhale five, six, seven times, sitting with it slowly. And if anything strikes you, stop, listen, because we're not called the human doings, but human beings. And this is what will change your prayer life and begin to change the rest of your life. Awesome. What a blessing you are, Steve. And here, tell us a little bit about how to get a hold of you. Where do we contact you? Where do we read your stuff? Where do we buy your book? Um, tell our listeners of, of how to get to Steve McCorney of, of Redeemed Vision. Awesome. Awesome. Absolutely. So the, the website is freedom-coaching.net. On Twitter, Facebook, uh, even LinkedIn, um, Instagram, it's Redeemed Vision. And that's the name of my book it's called Redeemed Vision, Setting the Blind Free from the Pornified Culture. And Chapter 12, especially for parents out there, is all caked with tons of practical ideas. What do we do as parents to help our children navigate this, but also not just fight against pornography, but how do we become inoculated from this? So even if an image presented, I can see the truth, reject the lie, and choose to live in that truth about the human body. And if you are interested to get a book, you can either go on Amazon or just uh, shoot an email through the site. I'll get it, and I can send you out an autographed copy for 20 bucks, and that'll include shipping and everything. Awesome. Awesome. Amazing. So as we are looking for that inoculation for this pandemic coronavirus, we also have this inoculation that with regards to this epidemic of pornography. So Steve and Carla, you know, at the end of our podcast, we always ask our guests this question. And this question is huge, kind of stumps some people. When you become a saint, what would you be the patron saint of? And let's start with Carla. I think I would be, like I mentioned before, the patron saint of uh, lectures. Because uh-huh. I, you know, when I start to try to explain something to someone and I'm trying to be quick and everything, I always turn it into this big lecture. So then the kids are like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> so, yeah, that would be me. Well, Carla, I think most moms are there. I think uh, the very first uh, patron saint of lectures is our blessed mother. Lectured uh, Jesus and said, "It's your time." Um, how about you, Steve? 
What would you be the patron saint of? <laughs> it sounds like Carl. It sounds like Carl and I are part of the same uh, <laughs> the same society. The we're part of the same society, the on and on society, where we go on and on and on. So I apologize to any listeners. Um, I would say I would be the patron saint of uh, interior, <laughs> the patron saint of, uh, along with the lines of, of St. Lucy, of seeing the person, especially of being able to evoke interior beauty. We are beautiful uh, male and female, interiorly and exteriorly. And how great do we need to learn how to see? And one of the gifts God has given me has been a redeemed vision. I, I don't live it perfectly, but I'm well on the way where, you know, so the path, I'm close, maybe the, you know, somewhere in the illuminative to the, uh, the unitive path. So that's what I would say, and to inspire others to see themselves as good, body and soul, interior and exteriorly, and then bring that vision to everyone that they encounter. Well, hopefully everyone who's been listening to this, and hopefully it'll take a very long time before we see your 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 statues, but hopefully those statues I know are going to look so beautiful. So, you know what? I, I have to say this because our bishop, Bishop Barnes, his Episcopal motto kind of reflects everything that we've been talking about here. And his Episcopal motto is Amar es entregarse, which means love is the total giving of oneself. And truly, what you two have been doing is giving of yourself the love to the children, to the people who are listening, to the people who are listening to your, to to you, uh, Steve. And what a blessing you guys are for for joining us today. But unfortunately, every good thing has to come to an end. That's all we have for you all this time around, fam. Thank you for spending time with us. We hope what you just heard connected. Remember to subscribe to This Connected on your favorite podcast platform. Email us your comments and questions to catholic.dad50 at gmail.com or follow us and send us a DM on our Instagram at catholic.dad. Also, subscribe, rate, share this podcast with all your friends. And if you're feeling generous, consider being one of our patrons on patreon.com forward slash thisconnected. Always remember, live a life of holiness. We will be praying for you. Please pray for us, and most importantly, be blessed and be third. Thank you, and be have third. a blessed day. Amen. Shout out, hey, shout out to my Amata Filia Dei. They know who they are. I hope they're listening. Oh yeah, those are the ladies uh, counterparts to Estovir, the young men of our parish. Thank you very much. This Connected Podcast is brought to you by The Cabin. Want to get away and get some peace and quiet and rest? Yes, rest, but not too far away from home or the city? Want to experience a true log cabin feel in the mountains? Well, I have the recommendation for you. The Cabin is a two-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath that will do just that. With a beautiful wood fireplace lit and a glass of wine, you are sure to relax. With easy access from the main highway, private parking, easy access with stairs to the entrance, fast Wi-Fi, a full-size kitchen, and all the essential amenities will make your stay a memorable experience. This cozy log cabin was built in the early 60s with its original wood fireplace and a newly transformed deck with beautiful views of the San Bernardino Mountains. So, book your stay at the cabin in Running Springs, California. The cabin located in the San Bernardino Mountains, 
is a beautiful place to see the beauty of God's creation. I have known the proprietor of the cabin for many years. She has always supported the youth and young adult ministries of her community, as well as this podcast. Check out the cabin on Instagram at the cabin twenty twenty one. Again, that's at the cabin twenty twenty one. T H E C A B I N twenty twenty one.